Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. And as we start out the new year, I wanted to share some principles with you for becoming a faith-filled mother. And even if you're not a mother, there are some principles that I'm going to talk about today that I really believe can help you exchange fear for faith in any area of your life. Before I dive in, I wanted to invite you to go to ellerslie.com and look at the many programs that we have available in 2020. We have week-long programs, five-week programs, and season-long programs, and we now have family and couples housing available. So if you're looking for a set-apart week or a season to come away from the distractions of your life, become grounded in truth, fall in love with Jesus Christ like never before, and connect with like-minded believers of all ages from all around the world, we invite you to join us in Colorado for an Ellerslie Discipleship Training Program in 2020. Our spring programs are coming up very soon, and you can go to ellerslie.com to learn more. We also have summer and fall programs available that you can register for now. And there's just really no words to express how life-changing a season at Ellerslie can be. So again, ellerslie.com, E-L-L-E-R-S-L-I-E.com. And no, that is not Eric and Leslie Louie's names combined. Sometimes people ask us that. You can read the background for where that name came from at the website. So let's dive into becoming a faith-filled mother. I want to start out by telling you a story of a mother in 1847 in England. She had a 17-year-old son, and she was greatly burdened for his spiritual condition. He had grown up in a Christian home, and he had known God from a young age, but then worldly influences had pulled him away from his faith and made him spiritually lethargic. During a short holiday break that took her away from the family home, this mother felt compelled to increase the length and the earnestness for the prayers for her son. One day she felt so burdened for the soul of her son that she decided she was going to pray for him until she came to a sense of assurance that God would save him. So she locked herself in her room and for hours she pleaded that God would extend mercy to her son. And after several hours of pouring out her heart, she suddenly realized and felt clearly that God had answered her prayer. And so her time of prayer turned into a time of praise. She worshiped God for what he had done, even though she hadn't any real confirmation that it had happened yet. Meanwhile, back at her house, her son had been home alone. He was bored. He was discontent. He began looking for something to do. He wandered into his father's library and he pulled a book from the shelf and found nothing of real interest. And finally, he saw a Christian track. He read the story and came to the simple words that said the finished work of Christ. In that moment, he suddenly understood that Christ had done everything that was needed for his salvation and that the only right response was to accept accept that work by faith. So right then and there, he fell to his knees. He committed his life to Jesus Christ and promised to serve him forever. He soon learned that he was on his knees praising God for his salvation at the same time his mother was doing the very same thing miles away. A few days later, this mother came back home and was reunited with her son, and he greeted her at the door with the words, I have some news to tell you. And before he could say anything else, she replied, I know what it is. You have given yourself to God. And he was totally surprised. But she explained that for days she had been praying for him and rejoicing that God had answered her prayer. That mother's name was Amelia Taylor, and her son was Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor is known today 
as the father of modern missions. He spent 51 years in China. The ministry that he began was responsible for bringing over 800 missionaries to the country of China who began 125 schools and directly resulted in 18,000 Christian conversions, as well as the establishment of more than 300 mission stations of work with more than 500 local workers in all 18 provinces. One historian said no other missionary in the 19th centuries since the Apostle Paul has had a wider vision and carried out more of a systemized plan of evangelizing a broad geographical area than Hudson Taylor. Even on the mission field, Hudson continued to depend on his mother's prayers, pleading with her to pray for him and writing to her with great affection. From afar, Amelia Taylor gave counsel and encouragement to her missionary son, and their bond of friendship was separated only by her death in 1881. What an incredible story, all from a mother's faithful, faith-filled praying. I have a 14-year-old son who was named after Hudson Taylor, and I was tested in my faith as a mother from the very day that he was born. As soon as Hudson was born, he went into sort of a health crisis where he wasn't able to nurse, and he was growing weaker, and I was immediately thrust into this world of having everyone's opinions thrust upon me, and there were a lot of comments made that if I really was a good mom, I would be reacting in fear and panic to the whole situation, and I finally, through that process, began to realize that God needed to be my first turn, and he had the wisdom and the strength that I needed to be a good mom. I began to tune out those voices of fear and panic and tune into him and go to my knees on behalf of my son. And he rescued Hudson and answered my prayers and Hudson was strong and healthy. The power of prayer is a little known secret to confident mothering. It's also a little known secret to confident living, even if you're not a mother. But as I began my early motherhood journey, I was really tested in just challenges to my faith because it's interesting how you can gain faith. You can gain a position of faith for your own life, but then when you start being responsible for other lives, it's a whole new test. Hudson was very prone to getting hurt and falling and hurting himself and getting sick a lot. And so in the first year of his life, even though God really had done a miracle right after he was born for his health, the first year of his life, he was always in urgent care or the emergency room with injuries and and illnesses and just different things that were really difficult to walk through. And finally, we, we started praying and asking God to put a hedge of protection around this little boy. And after we started to pray, Hudson was never back in the emergency room again. It was an incredible, dramatic shift when we took a stand for his health. I remember a few years later going through a miscarriage, which was one of the most difficult things that I had ever walked through, but God took the heartache and the pain that I walked through in that season and turned it for good as I cried out to him. Our second child, Harper, who was adopted from Korea, came home at the very same time that our miscarried child would have been born. The power of prayer is so amazing to turn even really difficult situations into something that can bring joy and can bring God glory. Harper's adoption was another way in which my faith was tested and I was challenged to pray. I prayed that her adoption would be the fastest adoption this agency had ever done, that she would not have issues like stranger anxiety and difficulty bonding with us, and every single one of those prayers was so faithfully answered. I remember sitting in a hospital room when our son Kip was being born. He was adopted and we were there for the birth. And also recognizing that same week that I was pregnant, it was the first time I had been pregnant since the miscarriage. So I was wrestling with fears over that pregnancy. I was wrestling with fears over this adoption. 
And I remember just sitting in the hospital room, just writing in my journal, crying out to God, asking God to show himself faithful and refuting fear with truth. And God was faithful in both of those situations. And then our adoption of our last two children, Reese and Lily from Haiti, was a 29-month struggle, really a nightmare. And I've talked about that on other episodes. But in the end, God triumphed through prayer. Our God is faithful if we give him the opportunity to be faithful in our lives and in the lives of our children. It says in Ephesians 2, 11 through 13, remember that once you were separate from Christ, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. The reality of that scripture is incredible. We have hope and God has called us to live as if we have hope. It's common to hear statements when you're a young mother like this. You're a mother. You can't help but constantly worry about your children. But why should our lives be marked by the same fear and depression and doubt and uncertainty as everyone else? Why should we eagerly run to the world for answers to our problems when we can have direct access to the maker of heaven and earth? A common fear point for mothers is what if I don't do everything perfectly and feeling like the well-being of our children completely depends upon us? I have often had to remind myself as a mother that I should never usurp God's position as the ultimate protector and provider for my children. I do want the very best for them, but I must always remember that my children's happiness, security, and hope does not depend on my perfection, but his. When the disciples were traveling with Jesus and they forgot to bring bread, they were worried that Jesus would rebuke them for their carelessness. But he didn't rebuke them for making a mistake. He only rebuked them for having such little faith. He reminded them that even if they didn't do everything perfectly, they were with the perfect one. God doesn't ask for our perfection. He asks us to put faith in the one who is perfect. So let's look at some practical ways that we can exchange fear for faith. God has called us to faith-filled motherhood. He has called us also to faith-filled womanhood. It says in Proverbs 31, 21, she has no fear for her household for all of them are clothed in scarlet. And Proverbs 31, 25, strength and dignity are her clothing and she smiles at the future. I love this quote from Goldburn, which I've, I've quoted before on this podcast, but it's such an important reminder. The greatest Old or New Testament saints were on a level that is quite within our reach. The same spiritual power that enabled them to become our spiritual heroes is also available to us. We often look at Proverbs 31 as an unattainable standard. It's like, well, that's just nice poetry. There's no way any woman could ever live up to that. But actually, the word virtuous in the opening line of Proverbs 31 actually means valiant, mighty, and strong. It's the very same word used to describe King David's might when he wrestled the barren lion, conquered Goliath, and slew tens of thousands of Israel's fiercest armies. And that is not a strength that can come from any human person. It's a supernatural strength. And that is what we're called to when it outlines that pattern of fearlessness in Proverbs 31. It's a supernatural strength that comes from abiding in Christ. The secret to faith-filled motherhood, faith-filled womanhood is not striving, but surrender. It's not impressing the world with your own strength. It's getting out of the way so that God's amazing strength can be seen through your life. Faith-filled motherhood is not about your ability or impressing others with what you can rise up to. It's about yielding to the strength and glory of our unstoppable, mighty God. David sets such an incredible example for us when he went to defeat Goliath. It says that when the Philistine arose and came near to meet David, he hurried and ran to meet the Philistine. 
which means to sprint with liquid ferocity. Imagine facing every challenge of our motherhood journey like David approached Goliath, sprinting toward the difficulty with liquid ferocity, no hesitation, no cowardice, no self-protection, but an unflinching resolve to fight for the glory of God, no matter the cost. Is that even possible? Proverbs 31 makes it clear that this kind of valiance is not meant for only a handful of heroes throughout history. It's meant to be the chief quality of every woman who belongs to the one true king, who can find a virtuous, valiant, mighty, and strong woman. Just as David ran to meet Goliath, I would challenge you to sprint by God's power toward the challenges you are facing today. It could be the salvation of your children or seeing one of your children overcome a besetting sin like tantrums or lying or stealing or the health of your children, the development of your children or a peaceful Christ-centered home or a thriving marriage. Remember that what God calls us to, he equips us for. I love what Oswald Chambers says. When we deliberately choose to obey God, he will tax the remotest star and the last grain of sand to assist us with all his almighty power. So to become a faith-filled mother or a faith-filled woman, this is not something you have to rise up to in your own strength. It's a decision to say, Lord, I obey. Work in and through me the kind of faith you desire me to have. And I want to finish with this powerful quote from James Gilmore of Mongolia. Cannot the same wonders be done now as of old? Do not the eyes of the Lord still run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those who trust him? Where now is the Lord God of Elijah? He is waiting for Elijah to call on him. Such a powerful reminder, no matter what we're facing today as women or as mothers, God is waiting for us to call on him so that he can show himself faithful. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Visit setapartgirl.com for more resources on building a Christ-centered life and being filled with faith rather than fear. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week. Mm